Today we finish up our series in the book of Philippians. In a moment, we're going to go to our passage of Philippians chapter 4, but we're going to start laying with uh, some foundational scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 34. And this Matthew chapter 6 passage kind of ties together the passage that we, what we've been preaching the last few weeks on dealing with worry and dealing with stress and, and some of those things and some of those admonitions. But if we go to Matthew 6, verses 24 through 34, we're not going to preach from that passage, but we're going to read it to kind of lay that context. We'll be reading from the New King James Version. Feel free to follow along in the translation that you have, or it's up on the screen as well. Matthew 6, verses 24 through 34. You cannot serve two masters, for either you will hate the one. No one, sorry, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or riches. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For neither sow, they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will you not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. There do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. So as we think about that verse and as we come into Thanksgiving, it happens that we're concluding our series in Philippians. And in a moment we'll be looking at Philippians chapter 4 verses 10 through 20. And that's where we'll be preaching the message from. Have you ever uh, thought about what it means to be content? To be content, for some reason that makes me think a little bit, you know, when we get to Thanksgiving, it makes me think of my, my wife's grandmother who had a concept that she stopped eating when she was comfortable. Now I dare say that some of us, when we eat at Thanksgiving, especially if we have to have multiple Thanksgivings on that day, we might be gone beyond the comfortable place. We might go to the full place. Hopefully, you have a place that you can gather together with family or get together. But you think about this concept of being content, you might think of being comfortable. Of course, she would say be comfortable because 
If you go past comfortable, then you're going to probably wear it for many days. But, you know, sometimes you go past comfortable and it, you get full and you become uncomfortable. But comfortable, maybe that's the same as being content. Maybe it's a little bit different than that. But Paul extends the meaning of contentment in different ways here, as we're going to read. And he talks about being content, and you might be surprised to read or, or, or hear the ways that he says he's content. So let's read this passage of Scripture. Philippians 4, 10-20. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. He's writing a letter. This is the, the epistle letter to the Philippians, and, and he, he's thankful, basically, that they've supplied for him. Let's continue. Not that I speak in regards to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Hmm. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's just look at this a little bit here. He's thankful that they sent things. They wanted to, but they lacked opportunity. But he says, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. To be content. I don't know if you've ever done any physical labor. I'm hoping that you have at some point done some physical labor. And it doesn't have to be just physical labor, but that's the way I think of it. You know, you might be bailing, or you might be hammering, or you might be digging a hole, or you might be washing dishes, you might be cleaning a house, you might be painting, you might be doing something. Whatever your work might be, you're like, boy, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry. But it's not, and I'm getting thirsty. I've worked before on a, on a hay wagon and have them get thirsty, and they say, well, let's just do one more round. Let's do one more round on the hay field, and then we'll get a drink of water. But it wasn't time, and so in the moment, you had to just be content. Because if you focused on the thirst or you focused on the hunger, it'd be harder to get your work done. But if you knew that food was coming, or you knew that break was coming, you could kind of set it in your side of your mind, and in the moment, be content. Okay, I don't have anything to eat or drink right now because I knew when it was coming and where it was coming from, and I might even know what it was. That's easy, kind of. So teach yourself to be content, even though you're hungry, even though you're thirsty. But he says, I know how to be abased, and how to abound. I know how to be abased. I mean, to really be humbled almost without. I know how to have a lot. Everywhere in all things, I have learned, and that learned there says 
and the, the Greek word seems to bring out that it's actually, I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret. How to be both full and to be hungry. Both to have enough, to abound or have enough and to suffer need. All right, now that gets a little harder. Maybe you in your lifetime have not been through this, and maybe you have been through it, where you're not completely sure where the next meal comes from. You're not completely sure maybe when you're going to actually get to eat. We're not just talking like, I've got to wait an hour to eat. Man. We're talking, you're hungry. And Paul says, I have learned that even when I, whether I have a whole lot or when I'm hungry, to be content. See, if I'm content there, doesn't that also play in that concept that I, I'm not distracted from the task. See, Satan wants to get us distracted and wants us, as we've been preaching on the last few weeks, to worry, to fret, to take that peace away. How am I going to handle this? What's going to happen? We start spiraling. Paul says, I have learned how to be content even when I'm hungry. When I've got plenty, and when I don't have enough. When we think about Thanksgiving, do you walk in Thanksgiving and say, well, I don't have that much to be thankful for this year? As you go up to the table and there's plenty of food, I don't have much to be thankful for this year. Or as I... Meet together. I don't have much to be thankful for this year. Have you really thought about it? See, that learning of how to be content can go a long way. In our scripture before, it says you cannot serve God and Mammon or riches, you know, because some people think if I have enough money, I have enough. I just need more money. If I just had more money, that would make it better. If I just had <coughs> a different job, then that would, if I just had, then I could support all the things I want to do. But Paul says he had learned to be content. And Paul seems to be content even when he doesn't know where it's going to come from. Paul seems to be content whether he's full, full or famished. He learned that secret. So we pull out verse 13, and we like to put it on those sayings, and people might put it on posters. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And a literal, a really literal translation, maybe it's 
a little harder to understand. But it's very interesting. It reads something like, For all things I have strength in the one strengthening me. For all things I have strength in the one strengthening me. Now some might take that verse to say, I could do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I believe that God will make me a professional football player because God is able. Well, I guess he could do that. I mean, I'm not saying he, he can't, but I'm not planning on that happening. But if we read that passage of Scripture, not in the quotes on the wall or the little saying, but in this context, He says, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I have learned, and remember we said, I have learned the secret, both to be full and to be hungry, both to, be, to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be content and have the strength to be content through Christ who strengthens me. See, when we move out of that contentment for the physical, our focus then comes its way from our dependence on God. Because we start worrying about what can I do? What more money do I need? But in those desert times, we learn the dependence of God when you don't know when the money's going to come through for the groceries or for the bills or whatever, and you go out to your mailbox and you find a check for $1,000 or several hundred dollars, or somebody gives you this or somebody gives you that, you never ask them for it. But my God can supply all your need according to his riches and glory, which is the scripture coming up. But see, when we move to that place of contentment and God giving us the strength, you know, we might not know when the next meal is coming from. We might not know how it's going to get there. But if we have a contentment and gain strength knowing that God is there for us, we take care of the birds and the animals who can take care of us. That dependency. We gain that content dependency. We cast our care and our burden on him. Doesn't that tie back into what we talked about, the peace of God? That passes understanding. God can help us to have the strength in the time of need, but we also need that contentment in this time of plenty because some people that have plenty burn through it. Get it out of whack. How many times have you heard of people winning the lottery? I can do all things 
through Christ that strengthens me. I can live in a place of contentment. I can live in a place of peace, trusting that he's going to supply, and maybe that will help. Verse 14, nevertheless you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, the church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. (coughs) Apologize for my cough. Nevertheless, you have done well that you have shared in my distress. He was in want. He was in need. He was acknowledging that he had a distress, that he had a need, but he was content in that. Wow. Wow. Content in the midst of that. But God sent... others to help supply that need. Just like the checks that show up in your mailbox. And God can use us to supply the needs for others. And Paul talks about there, verse 15, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, (coughs) excuse me, when I departed from Macedonia, no church sharing with me, shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Things he needed. But he says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. It is good for us to support other people. It is good for us to reach outside of ourselves. It is good for us to take the bounty that God gives to us and give to others. It is good to tithe when you don't think the church needs the money. Verse 18, Indeed, I have all and abound, I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. It's a reference to Old Testament offerings. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. There is benefit for them in giving... And in turn, Paul's telling them, and God's going to supply your needs. You see the cycle? If we leave contented and we trust God, there are times when we might abound. There might be times when we're not abounding, but God asks us to give. And then God get asking us to give, we get the blessing. And us getting the blessing, then also we rely on God then to supply our needs. See if we go in the other way. Where we worry and fret 
and try to figure it out. And when is it going to come? And how is it going to happen? <coughs> and I know God will supply my need, but how God's going to supply my need? But sometimes we say we trust God with the, that he will, but we try to manipulate the how. God will supply my need. And I think if we do this and we do that and, and that and that and we'll move this over here and we fret, we stress, we cycle. And we lose our peace. God will have us engage in the battle. God will have us engage in help, but he had Paul working. Making tents to make ends meet. While he was preaching and traveling. But Paul says he had learned to be content. And God had helped him in that. No doubt that's where he gets the strength to say in the passage of Scripture that we preached in previous Sundays. about our prayers and supplications be made known to God with thanksgiving so that his peace can guard our hearts. So as you come into this Thanksgiving week and you think about those kinds of things, <coughs> be careful not to wish you had more. Be content and thankful for what you have. And if you don't have, trust God for the strength to get you through it, but don't stress and ruin and put yourself in a bind and become defeated because you're not as rich as the people next door and don't have as much turkey and you don't have as much this and you don't have as much that. Trust God. And be content. When you have opportunity, help others because God will help you. We all go through deserts. And if you haven't yet, hopefully you will. You might say, Pastor, why are you saying that for? It's a tremendous time of growth. Be thankful. Let's stand together. Lord, we thank you for each one that has been in service with us today. But Lord, teach us what you mean by content. Lord, we want more people to get saved. We want more people to come into the church. But Lord, help us to be content as we trust in you. Help us be obedient as you guide us. But Lord, in the same way, when it comes to our personal lives, Help us to learn to be content with what we have. To not move outside of ourselves as Christians, outside of the, the principles that you've taught us to try to fix a problem. Because we want more. We think we need more. And Lord, then we move our dependency from you to us, and we try to manipulate things. Sometimes we move outside of the character of God. Teach us to be content. Teach us to rely on you. 
Teach us to be thankful and help us not to lose our peace. But by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make our requests made known to you. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Remind us of those things as we go into Thanksgiving. Remind us of those things as we interact with family. And we, we present ourselves with the hope of the cross to others. Then in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the tight times, in the midst of the difficult times, that we don't present ourselves as though we're hopeless, destitute, and without help. But may we present ourselves as trusting in you, content with what you are doing for us, and knowing that you will help us in the future. Guide and direct us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.